Now she is, Captain. Isn't she a beauty? Yes, she is, Mr. Scott. Is she ready to go? Aisa. She's ready to go to the stars. This is the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. It's mission to seek out new ideas, find new games, and to boldly bring the awesome to your game. Mr. Scott, Warp 9. I Captain. And now, our host. This is Bruce. This is John. This is Trav. This is Pixie. Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast, your podcast of finding out what color is your rainbow. Persimmon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what was that? Thanks for the sour persimmons, cousin. What? Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the TriTac Games Podcast. We are talking this week again about the new magic system. You have joined the most secret government agency that you have never heard of. The 13th Bureau of Justice, otherwise known as Bureau 13. You are a government agent charged with the duty of disposing of the greatest unnatural threats to the people and the, and the economy of the United States and Canada. You will work under the knowledge that you are funded by an organization so secret, even the highest government officials do not know of your existence. Welcome to the elite band of people who wander the dark streets of the night, ever searching for the horrors that should not exist in this modern age. You are a special agent, stalking the night fantastic. Bureau 13 is a Gen Con award-winning RPG of modern horror and paranormal adventure. It's available from Tritag Games at tritaggames.com in both the original editions and in the D20 edition, with a new Savage Worlds edition coming soon. Remember that wherever the supernatural waits, good and evil, the agents of Bureau 13 will be there. But the evil is growing. So um, I mentioned the silver nitrite solution because um, in one of the comics that I was reading uh, called Grimjack, um, it took place in a multi-universal city called Sinisure. And at one point he had to go after a guy that was a mage and he himself has no magical powers. But when the mage decided to cast you know, uh, 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 an evil death spell or something like that. He basically had a bottle of silver nitrate solution in one hand, and it just got sucked right into the bottle. It basically acted like a uh, a Leyden jar. Um, And, and he would, and, and so basically the mage used his best shot and, and at which point the next thing that happened was he, uh, a grim Jack was pushing his, the edge end of his, uh, sword deep into his sternum and which kind of solved the whole problem. I remember seeing a sure. Yeah. I remember reading some of those comics too. Yeah. That was a while ago. Wow. Yeah. So very long time. I was in my twenties. Eighties. I think, wasn't it? Yes. 
Yep. Yes. I was in my 20s. Yes. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I don't know if that has – I have tried looking this up. I don't know if there's if there's made it out of whole cloth to say that that does that or not. I would say it's – it's well, because silver nitrate reacts with light. I mean, that's the basis for film, silver nitrate. So I could see a, a way of saying, okay, this, this solution turns black and light. It's sucking what? It's the light, light turns it black. So maybe it's pulling the, the energy of the sun into it. Well, it is, in fact, pulling the energy into the sun into it. That's why it's turning black. It's going Again, chemical- we're going back to the whole magic being a yeah. as of yet undiscovered part of the EM spectrum. Yeah, uh, then I can see silver nitrate working on that, connecting it on that kind of principle. You have to understand the sinusure. Uh, it connects all reality. So yes, there's places where magic wouldn't work because magic doesn't work there, period. And there's places where magic works. In those places, the sun is not a ball of gas of light. It's the sun, a mystical being. And therefore, you know, so it's a different different point of view you know, of how magic, uh, uh, of whether or not silver nitrate works because it's, it's reacting with the photons or because it literally is sucking up the sun's energy and converting it into something dark. And this silver nitrate solution in the bottle basically falls into another thing we've already talked about, which are uh, magic dumps. Or side dumps. I mean, you know, one of the things that a mage could do to block a spell would be to absorb it. You know, you want to cast that big powerful spell at me? I got this empty thing right here that needs to be filled. Thank you very much. I will just put that right there. Now, uh, now, what were we talking about? <laughs> oh, yes. How well can you handle my spells? Yes, let's try that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, by the by the way, this is reversible. <laughs> Well, if it is if it is a, a side, you know, uh, if it's a magic dump spell, a dump item, then yeah, that's the whole point. So yeah, it's you tra- take it and either just dump it in because it's magic, and you just could just take the raw, just extract the raw mana out of the spell and put it in there. And if that was true, then that means that you could, if this such, if if, if this was something that could happen, even if you weren't a mage, or um, then you could have like bandoliers of these things and so you could use them until oh okay i'm good for five spells after that okay we gotta i'm gonna have to take it on the chin so you you could give your non-magical fellows something to protect them that would be proof against let's say a single spell and of course if that was the case then the smart mage would say you know oh uh leo light spell light spell light spell okay now fireball all right. Yeah, or you do a spell that doesn't go to them directly, but it does the old secondary. Oh, you know, I can't, I can't put a hole through you, but I can put a hole through the roof. Yes, but the the problem about those secondary type spells is there's a tendency to blow up the place that the mage lives at, and that's always a bad idea. That's why you build traps for those smart eggs with the silver nitrate bottles. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're dungeon building now. Sorry. <laughs> So do you guys like the idea of there being like um, just basically an object that can be good against a single uh, a single effect, you know, like a, a, a drain down and then it gets and then it's, it's full. It's got, you know, either it's been changed you know, uh, into something else uh, and therefore can't be used again until it's been purified uh, or 
it's literally just acts it's just full of magic now and then you just have to take it someplace and either bury it or a mage adds it to their own or or somehow negates it later on well if it's that if it's that prevalent i can actually see you saying thank you thank you thank you for filling these crystals up uh, now I'm going to take them to the town, to the town where we're going to put them to the big crystal things that keep things going like, you know, water purification, you know, and stuff like that. And oh, we- yeah, if you had massive <laughs> amounts of techno magic that involved crystals like this, <laughs> oh, yeah, you could sit there. It's like, you know, how you have recycling stations here in real life. Yeah, you got all your... <laughs> You know, you you're, you can recycle your computer for all the stuff inside, or you recycle <laughs> this or that. Yeah, if you have these batteries, these, mm-hmm. these devices, these items that when you're doing magic, and this would have to be a high magic, yeah. magic-dependent society, almost yeah. a techno-magic-based society, now, where also, you have I, these, yeah, and also, you just take them to somebody, and, oh, yeah, the local wizard can drain these crystals of the magic you absorbed in them, and like you said, you could use it to help power the town or for some yeah. civic service. Yeah. Now, uh, Harry Turtle Dove wrote a story called the uh, case. I think the case of the toxic mag- uh, toxic magic spill. Basically, the concept there was that yeah, if you you could if you could absorb the side effect, all magic had side effects, and you had to you had to process those side effects and put them into toxic landfills. Uh, imagine, imagine these little vials. Well, they're basically if you're absorbing evil magic, those are toxic landfill items. You know, you just don't bury them. You have to put them someplace where no one will play with them. Because yes, the effects can be reversed or at least let out. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's you know yes, I got my five my my five vials are all full of light spells. Oh, that's fine. I can just let them go and they'll make just make light. But I have I have a you know three death three death spells and. To you know, two rot spells and one one melt flesh. Yeah, those are going to go into toxic toxic spell dump and get rid of and be getting yeah. gotten rid of. <laughs> you know, because they're just bad. You know, so it, it it's it depends on how, uh, if it's reversible or not, or even maybe it's not reversible. But what you got in that bottle, you don't want out because it's nasty. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just black. You know, not black magic, but this toxic magic, and no one really can use it now. It's just now been turned into something that can't be used. This actually creates a whole new reason to be going into dungeons, because you're you're fighting past the low level schmoes and stuff. Because you're, what you're really trying to do is to get to the the, the deep, you know, evil critters that are in there so you they'll like attack you and cast spells and use magical effects at you that you can then drain down come out and then go and as you say add to the batteries to keep the town going yep so it's kind of like um uh, monsters inc you know where the screams of children provide all the power that their society requires turns out laughter is better laughter is even better yeah yeah. Spoilers. It's a Disney film. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a Disney film. That stuff was going to happen. Yeah. yeah. 
But anyways, that was it. I just I just thought that, you know, when I was thinking about it, I was saying, you know, all the, we're going in after gold, we're going after silver and all this stuff. No, we're going to fill these items. <laughs> We've got these crystals we need to fill. That's why they're paying us, guys. Come on, we got to get... And then you got all these, like, you know, spiders and things like that that, of course, are there because, you know, they, they like being around evil, nasty dudes. You're like... And you're like, get out of the way. We don't care about you. No, you're looking for the old beholder that's down the bottom of the dungeon who goes, oh, no. You again. You again. And they go, come on, shoot us, shoot us. No. He's like, did you, did you, did you bring that 20-year-old scotch I asked you for? There you go. Or, uh, yeah, it's right here. Okay, here. Zap, 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 zap. All right, get the hell out of here. Richard his dungeon, you had to get past a pair of hell, hell dogs. The way you get past the hellhounds was... <laughs> 10 pounds of brisket and barbecue sauce. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Why am I not surprised? Yeah. You know, I, I, I did that with a, like an elder demon. They were like, you know, uh, they, they run into him and they're, and he's, and he's like, I'm going to eat you and all this stuff. And then they looked and they, they saw that he was eating raw flesh. They said, do you like eating raw flesh or, you know, is it just you don't have any way of cooking it? And he says, well, I really don't have any way of cooking it. He says, tell you what, he says, we'll go and make you a very nice barbecue spit that you could lower down into that that that, that uh, uh, river of lava that's right next to where you live and it'll get everything nice and toasty. We'll even summon up a couple of monsters for you to, to, to do. And, and he's like, really? <laughs> okay then and he ends up actually helping them fight you know the uh the the bad guys because you know, he's he's they're 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 helping him out and he's like well you know maybe that can find some more use for them i better keep them alive yeah yeah blixel fits barbecue barbecue shack yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah hook them up with a good hook them up with a good coleslaw recipe they're good to go yeah yeah <laughs> That's right, and you know those are hard to find. So you know, don't 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 poo poo that. Yeah. Uh, okay, countercasting the ultimate in magic negation. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, it sounds like you all like the idea of countercasting. Oh yes. no, I I we've all role played enough about counter spells <laughs> and whatnot. Heck, even playing Magic the Gathering back when I did, you know what? Girl, what? Geez. Well. Well, no, back uh, I told you. Josie. I've actually, I've actually played that, and geez, the the, the counters, ow! Oh no, where you counter the counter and then you counter that counter counter with another counter. counter. Yeah, oh no, like I had that. Counters, get <laughs> oh, get no. even better, get even better with, uh, and I was even better at doing this with uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. All the trap cards you had to resolve. The counters before. Well, so you. Oh no! The best at counter. Point, I, at one point, I saw a chain of like seven counters. <laughs> Yikes! And even then, the judge, the judge just walks in and goes, "Okay, we're done with that. Let's move on." Yeah. No, but the best counter, dispel magic. Someone fires a spell at you. You're there waiting. Dispel magic negates the spell right there, and you just look at him and go, "What else you got?" Yeah. Was. And see, that's a form. That's one form of countercasting where you don't have to know anything about the effect that's coming at you. You just basically cast the, uh, you know, the 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 broad spectrum anti- uh, magical antibiotic. I like that term. I like that yeah. analogy. That's good. Yeah. Basically, yeah. you're you're not 
knowing the spell, you're just negating the magical force behind it. So here's the question: Do you do you have your dispel magic on instant ca- cast? Because if I'm doing a you know instant instant spell, you better be on instant cast for your spell. Because otherwise, I go bang and I, I beat your counter. I beat your dispel magic before you even get a chance to utter it. What's that Farscape thing? Hata <clears throat> uh, Katarazzi. I hate it when they override the override. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, and, and yeah, that's that, uh, that's an interesting point, John, where, you know, the, the effectiveness of a spell might be more based upon how quickly you can cast it than on its power. Because if it takes you longer to cast the counter spell than for them to cast the original spell, then you're still going to take it on the chin. Well, yeah, yeah if, you, if their spell is around and your dispel magic is a ritual... No, you're you're yeah. you're having a bad day. Yeah, um, and, and I'm I, to be honest. I I, yeah. I usually use the spell magic for items and not for actual magic or for you know ongoing magic on somebody who's been hit by with some sort of compel or some enchantment. Yeah, yeah, that's that's counter. Well, it still it still counts as countercasting whether you're doing it on the fly or excuse me against a set effect. How I, I can say it's countercasting. How can I say it? I, I take a view. I take the view of a um of basically martial arts. I'm doing the I'm doing the crane the leaping crane maneuver. I'm gonna counter that with the tangled monkey. Defense. Yeah, you're doing a counter move, yeah. <clears throat> Fine, yeah. kung fu. Yeah. I Yeah, and so essentially what you're talking about now, John, is you're not talking about the dispel magic. You're talking about identifying what it is that your opponent is casting, and there, and then, and then matching them, doing the inverse or whatever way you want to call it to negate the spell, so that when they finish, you basically you both finish at the same time, and their spell is negated if you've done it correctly. It's basically, hey, I have, a, yeah. I have a fireball. I'm casting water. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically all it is. It's a specific reaction to an action. Yeah. Right. And so, and that works really well in game systems where you don't have to cap, you know, basically pick spells ahead of time. Uh, it, it, you know, because if you do, then, you know, you, you unless the only choice you have is like to spell magic. But, um, Unless you say, well, anybody can countercast at any time. So that's kind of like a new special ability you're giving the mages where any you know that, that they can simply because they're a mage, they can they can basically unravel uh, the unravel the uh, the the casting that the other person is doing. Well, yeah, if you're able to be proficient yeah. at magic, you should be able to be proficient at undoing it. Yeah. But see, this this means that this it raises the question of you're basically not using any magic. Okay, you know magic. Okay, you're you know you yourself you know are a mage, but you don't actually because you you didn't uh, unless you're you're actually casting a spell in the reverse. Okay, that means that if it's a, a, a game system where you had to learn the spells ahead of time. You essentially are gaining this ability to uncast somebody else's magic with no cost to you. Mm. So it's just something to consider. You know, if you're going to do that, this is a, a uh, this is something you, you 
you have to answer as to why can you do this. Are you converting an existing spell that you have to a countercast? And you know, just like in third edition, you can change uh, a cleric can change any spell into a healing spell, uh, or uh, you know, and does that mean that you have to have some magic left in order to do it, or is the act of rich, you know, of casting not actually part of the flow? It's part of of cr- making the flow possible, and so your countercasting essentially blocks the flow by uh, disrupting the, the other person's attempt at creating a flow. Well, yeah, basically, let's when we'll use numerical measurements here. Let's say I cast a fireball at somebody, or I cast um, hold person, and it costs two point three magic units. Well, I'm just creating. I cast two point three magic units to block the two point three coming at me, and they just fizzle. Yeah, basically, that's all that I see it as. Well. Or the person didn't cast the spell, they're trying to cast the spell, and you're essentially doing something that makes their spell not come off. That's See, just beating, that just to me sounds like beating them to the draw. Yeah. To me, I, I'm, I, tend to do more cinematic style magic that is you know you, you see him he's doing the hand motions and he's about to cast a spell and you go i better do some sort of defense and i'd put up a, some a defensive spell to counter that but yes this both spells go off and they meet in the middle or they or i make a shield and his and his spell bounces off you cast a fireball i'll cast a dome of protection over my over my compadres yeah, everything like around me well i yeah i think if well, that's more. Well, if you're cast a fireball, you cast a fireball. You do dome protection. That's just okay. I cast mage armor. Yeah, that's defense as opposed to countercasting. Countercasting, I see it as you are doing something with raw magical power to negate whatever magical power is coming at you. Either the broad as, and I love Bruce's analogy there, the broad spectrum magical antibiotic, or that's right up there with fuel air bomb. That's another shepherd term I like. Um, or you're doing something specific where Tar- targeted anybody. Yeah, uh, basically you're using magical energy to specifically unravel that spell. So you're saying you think it's cheating to negate somebody's spell without actually having any magic to use. Oh, no, no. You have to be a mage in order to count. No, I don't mean that. I mean that if if you've already run out of your repertoire of spells, you know, if somebody, let's say the great evil guy, he's he's basically nailing you with a wand of magic missiles and he's got 100 charges, okay? Can you counterspell all 100 of those? And uh, even though you don't, don't have any magic left? Oh, no. If your spell points are done for the day... No, you can't. Yeah. Okay. So he can just, you can simply be overwhelmed with power. Yes. Is what you're saying. Yeah. And you my- have to have magical energy at your disposal, i.e. slots if you're using Bansian or spell points. You have to have some form of magical energy accessible to you to do whatever procedure it is you do to counter spell. Yeah. That would be the same thing. If you could do that, that means normal humans could counterspell, and they can't. 
Yeah, and that's why. I, and of course, I've already told folks I I tend to go the opposite. I tend to do more cinematic, where the reason why you stop casting magic because you're just too worn down, too beat up, too, too hurt. But yeah, if you can, you know, you can still if you still got enough left, you can probably still do magic. I'm I'm more cinematic in my magic. I like the more flashy. Well, this works. This this idea works a lot better when you you don't have spell points, where you just basically are. It comes down to you successfully making a spell casting roll, and the magic flows from wherever it needs to, like the Harry Potter universe. Yeah, and and, and I also would toss in, you know, okay, you need, you know, if you can do a counter spell, a, you have to recognize the spell that's being cast, because you, you you can't do the counter spell unless you know what's being cast. But can you still do defense? Source defense? Yes, but then becomes more of a okay. I'm just gonna put up a wall of a wall of block and hopefully I can block this sucker. Right. Well, that's essentially the same as the as the dispel magic. It's the broad spectrum. I don't know what's coming at me, but I know that this will take care of most anything that does. Yeah. Now, of course, the wall of block means that everyone everyone who's not behind me. It's going to feel the effects of that spell if, it, if it's area effect. But anyone behind me may be okay. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we shall see. Yeah. Now, thinking about that, because I'll bring up something, because it, it's actually a webcomic I've been following called Blind Springs, where their form of counter magic is uh, what, what they call ceiling. They will take uh, what they're called Orphic Mages and, or, uh, and basically sealed them it's sort of like a henna treatment but it's permanent and what they do is they actually uh trace symbols and, and arcane symbols on the person and they seal their magic they can't do magic and of course the story is about one little girl a princess who's you know who's very magical and the spirits help her by putting thorns on the seals that allow her magic well she can't do magic but she can help others do magic because her because ma- her abilities can leak through the thorns on her seals which is i thought so was an interesting concept but it's but then she has this ability to see all the seals have been put on the town she concentrates really hard she can see the seals and there's seals everywhere in that town they're basically the people who are who are finding the orphic mages and their and their spirits have sealed the entire town by putting these seals everywhere and there and you and she's busy doing her best to break those seals as best she can and i and i thought that's a, that's a form of counter magic or counter casting but it's like preemptive counter casting i'm going to put down a seal that prevents this kind of magic from happening around here now other magic may work and they actually the people doing it have their own magic but it's more how can i can say orphix are like sorcerers and they are you know, book learning mages, and the, and their magic works, but the Orphic magic is being countered and sealed and blocked, blocked off, and it's a war between you know, um, free love and order society. <laughs> okay, I I can see with with counter casting, we're all going to have our different ways of defining mm-hmm. it. And there are, again, some of it's setting dependent. Some of it just is common sense as far as magical theory. I don't claim to be a thaumaturgist or even, you know, no rituals in any way, shape, or form. I'm not pagan. But just with my experience over the decades of role-playing, counter-casting usually is the best way to stop magic. And it would be, it, it requires a proficiency with magic. It requires 
the energy to be able to um, manipulate said magic. And I like John's point, and this might be saying dependent, but it would help. You need proficiency in casting spells, the energy to do so, and unless you have the broadband dispel magic spell where whatever you cast, if you have a dispel magic spell ready, eh, done. Yeah. You need to have the knowledge to know what it is you're countering. Yeah. Now, it doesn't even need to be, oh, it's a fire spell, I cast water. But just the proper magical knowledge to negate the magic at its source, even before it becomes a fireball. Just the fact you're casting a spell, and then you realize later, okay, that was a fireball that I negated. Cool. Yeah. I would think those three things you would need in order to have good countercasting for a magic system in a game. Yeah. And I'm thinking of other systems because if I was doing this in Fate, you, you basically you're, in a, you're doing it as a defensive role. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. and you say, I'm using my sorcery skill for this. That means I'm doing something magical to defend. You can still get hurt by that spell, but maybe not as badly as you, if you didn't do that sorceress counter spell. So, you know, you know, so like I'm doing a broad spectrum, broad spectrum antibiotic. Sadly, it's a super germ. (laughs) Yeah, I would think it, well, because in D20, it's still, and I think you can cast the same spell to negate it. Yeah. There is, I I do remember seeing that in your books that you can that countering it if it wasn't listed as the same spell it was at least using the same level. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah and dispel level and dispel magic is all. It's is, if I remember correctly, it's level dependent. So you you may be able to cancel a third level spell, but if it's a fifth level spell, good luck, Charlie. No, it's uh, D twenty versus. Yeah. I think it's D twenty plus your caster level against a DC that's dependent on whatever spell they cast. I think is how it was. Okay. Yes. I could also make a case where if you're using elemental magic, you know, fire versus water, and air versus, versus air. Earth. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That. Yeah. That's what I mean. Where you're doing opposition oh, spells to cancel out. Yeah. But I also but make a case if I'm an air mage and there's another air mage. We would have a long, long battle because we would be trying different things and we keep countering with other air spells. Right. To counter them. So. And in the meantime, the immediate area looks like several tornadoes ripped through it. Well, yeah, because <laughs> there is collateral damage. Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's, there's two other th- things that you can do in order to basically uh, negate or block somebody else's spell. One is to simply go and cast a spell that gets in the way of the other spell. So if someone's throwing a fireball at you, okay, you throw a fireball at the fireball. And therefore, they both hit and they explode. Or maybe you don't have to throw a fireball. Maybe you can only throw something smaller that causes it to trigger, but it doesn't reach you. So you're, it might even cause blowback against the caster. Okay. So there's that possibility of, of you know, as, as as disrupting their spell, and also like you know how many anime we've seen where somebody casts something and there's suddenly this glowing you know arcane shield thing block 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 okay and uh, you know as long as they're coming in that direction you can put something in front of it to keep it from reaching you. 
there is a f one other possibility, which is where you're not trying to stop the effect. You're trying to unanchor the effect. So the mage casts a spell, but does it go to the intended target? Mm. Where does it go? It could go possibly anywhere, even back to the mage itself who cast it. If you can uh, unhinge the the targeting aspect of the casting, then you you have a, you know, at least giving yourself a chance. You know, maybe it's going to go long. Maybe it's going to go short. You know, I mean, especially if someone's casting a spell which basically takes effect on the person that's the target. So maybe it comes into existence three feet to the right of the of the person instead of the person themselves. And so, yeah, you got this big glowing, you know, electrical discharge happening, but it, it doesn't actually happen on you, so everything's good. It, talking about triggering the fireball, just my mind just sort of set, popped and said, never cast fireballs in really spidery cobweb uh, tunnels because there's that spider right in front of you hanging from your fireball. And you hit him instead of the target. Boom. Which could be actually be the spell. Oh, there's a spell on the ceiling. Pink. You hit him with a little levitation spell. He slips down on his... Uh, a she flips down because usually fe females. Falls down on her thread and right into the fireball, detonating it. <laughs> still, still a counter spell. I'm just making use of the fact that the fireball goes off when it hits the target. Spider. Right. Well, it's say as long as it goes off when it hits anything, then you can you can even fire an arrow into the fireball. You know, so your non-magical people might actually be able to get into this. Uh, oh no, that actually is the nice. That is it. That is technically a counter a way to counter a spell that is put an arrow on the guy casting. <laughs> no, I didn't mean that. I mean that it, in the case of fireball, where it starts at your hand and it goes out. And it hits a target, okay. Then, you know, if there's a path that it's going, and you can go and put something in the way, and if it literally needs to touch anything in order for it to go off, then um, somebody could throw a uh, could throw a sword, could fire an arrow, could throw a dagger, whatever, and it will stop the fireball from reaching you. I got one caveat on that. It has to be magical. There has to be magical energy in that object in order to stop the other path of magical energy. Mm. Well, if the thing, if the fireball is going to go off if it hits a wall, the wall is not magical. It, 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 it falls into being spell dependent. If the spe if the trigger is it hits ear hits the wall hits the floor or hits the target it goes off then. Spider hanging from a thread can set it off. It gets hit. By That's exactly what I'm saying. I'm not saying it, it all. It would always work. I'm just saying though, is is it if, if you know? And this is where knowledge, you know, um, the, the player character. How much knowledge do they have of how spells work? If all you know, if all spells are, uh, you know, take effect on on target on on you know you know on anything that they hit, you know, uh, then you can use this kind of thing to defend yourself against them. And that would be very, as you said, setting, setting dependent. If you declare this is how your magic works, that you know you, you can aim a spell, but you can't say that it has to have certain qualities for the spell to go off, well, then pretty much anything can interrupt it by getting in front of it. But then there are spells like charm spells, which basically you're looking at the person. You've already got your target, and that's... 
Well, that's where the unhinging of the target comes in that I was just talking about. Where, okay, you cast the spell. It was a perfectly good casting. The spell went off. The problem was is that it didn't hit that. You know, maybe it, it didn't it didn't hit that person. Maybe it hit the, the poor uh, 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 light bearer standing off to the side. Maybe the, the, the familiar of, of, the, of, of the opposing mage, you know, gets gets. Cack. Or he manages to give a U-turn, and suddenly the orc beside you goes, "Grishnek likes you." Yes, or maybe that. Yeah. Oh, is that opposed to you trying to bull rush the orc, and you roll in that one? He touches your back uncomfortably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm I'm a huge fan of uh, emergent play. I love it when th- weird things happen like that, and you suddenly the whole situation changes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks everybody for being along for this. We've got only one more left on uh, unless we can come up with more topics to discuss on this. So keep that in mind, other hosts, Josie. Um, and see if we can enlarge this list any more than it already is. Oh, no. I know she can have fun with the artificing one. Yeah. Well, I know. That's number 12. That's the last one, creating magic items. Okay. But, uh, and, uh, and, that'll, uh, and we'll hopefully get to that soon. Um, anyways, uh, but uh, we hope you've enjoyed this. We hope that uh, you is made you think about what kind of magic is in your world, and maybe you know you, the vanilla version of the game system you've been playing all along. Maybe you want to make some changes. Maybe you could thought of some ideas that would really make a lot of difference in how you play. And I say, go for it. Enjoy because it, it's your game. You, you know, it doesn't matter who published it. You can take it any way you want to. And we'll have more ideas like this, but you'll have to wait. Until next week. So until then, this is Bruce Sheffer saying there are a million, million worlds out there. So go explore them. This is John Ryer saying keep your powder dry and keep those cards and letters coming in. This is Richard Tahoka. Wait, you see what's coming next. And this is Trav. There's a reason why it's called gaming. It's for having fun. Yo, brothers. This was the Tri-Tech Games Podcast. You know the drill. It's protected under the Creative Commons License 3.0. No commercial reproduction, no derivatives, and sucker, you best attribute this to the folks at TriTech Games. And if you don't, we'll be after your sorry butts, because we're some bad mothers. Hi, this is Trav from the Travcast. Listen to me Tuesday nights, 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on listen.dementiaradio.org colon 8027.